You're listening to the Quietly Ambitious podcast, and this episode is one from before we rebranded. So if you hear references to Creatively Human, that is why. I hope you enjoy the episode. You're listening to Creatively Human, with honest conversations about what matters to us and how it really feels to build an online business, put our work out into the world, and make an impact in our own unique way. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, business mentor to heart-led creatives. Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to let you know about my project running in July called The Everyday Difference. Every day of the month, you'll hear from a different creative or business owner, who is making a difference in the world, no matter how tiny, no matter how quietly. And my hope is that these stories will empower and embolden us all to believe that our work matters and to give us the courage to share that work with the world. If that sounds like something that would be of interest to you, go to theeverydaydifference.com for more information and to sign up to the project. I can't wait to share it with you. Now, on to the episode. Hi and welcome back to another solo episode of Creatively Human which is actually part of my Everyday Difference project. It's a free project that has been running all through July and if you're late don't worry you can sign up at theeverydaydifference.com. So today I'm going to be talking about practical ways in which we can make a difference in the world as business owners and online creatives and these don't have to be big things they can be really small but they are all quite practical steps and some things to think about. But before I dig into the actual tips, I want to start with an important message and perhaps a little bit of a feminist rant. Please, please don't make yourself anxious worrying about what you're not doing. That isn't to say that we can't aim to do more, and I personally do aim to do more, but I don't want to let it affect your mental health. There's a lot going on in the world, whether it's politics, global warming, white supremacy and so on. There's a lot to worry about and a lot to do, but none of us can do everything. Some of us are more able to do more and some of us for financial, maybe health reasons, physical or mental or any number of other reasons can't do as much. And if you are a woman, you also have the added fact that you probably also carry a lot of emotional labour already. I know that wanting to make a difference and do good in the world can sometimes feel like more on top of the already huge mental load that we all carry. And it certainly feels that way for me when even seemingly simple household choices that I am responsible for can actually cause a lot of anxiety and indecision. And unfortunately, no matter what the problem is and how strongly you feel against it, sometimes we are also part of the culture that created it. So yeah, it's easy to feel bad about this stuff. So that's not what I want to make this episode about. I want you to pick the things that feel good for you and make changes one step at a time. Or make big changes if you can, But don't get anxious thinking that you're not doing enough. And above all, I really, really want you to talk about it because talking about it really helps to create a shift in the culture. The other thing I want to say is that I'm going to make some suggestions here. In fact, most of the suggestions that I'm not yet doing myself. I am on this journey as much as everyone else. And over the last couple of years, honestly, I have not had the mental energy to do a lot of what matters to me. I don't want to admit it, but it's true. I've gone through difficult times and I've had to do whatever I had to do to get through them which sometimes meant forgetting about worrying about which brand of shampoo I was buying and in which type of bottle and I still haven't been able to give up my single-use plastic packaged snack habit but even through the hard times there were small things that I did that did in fact make me feel like I was making a little bit of a difference so I'm going to share those with you too. 
And I'm not going to talk about things like switching off your office computer or recycling your papers because I think we all know about that stuff. So I'm going to talk about my ideas of ways to make a difference as online creators and business owners. I'm not going to talk about everything, but I will include helping the environment, helping other people, changing the way we market and also helping ourselves. So I hope that you find the tips useful and I'd love to chat about this more. So please do send me a message on Instagram at Ruth Poundwhite or join the Everyday Difference Project Facebook group so we can talk about it some more. I hope you like it and remember that I want this to be empowering and not another thing for you to beat yourself up over. Okay, so I'm going to start with who we work with. I think a really, really easy way to make a difference and something that doesn't require too much effort, although sometimes it requires a bit more money, depending, is to think about the services and apps and so on that we use in our businesses. And if possible, to choose those who are run by women and by people from marginalized groups. We can check the company values. A lot of businesses actually have a page about their values, so it's really worth reading them. We can check the websites for who is on their team. Again, most companies have a page with all their team members on. We can see how diverse they are. We can also think about how diverse they are in their marketing and their content and how much their values shine through. I've actually used this recently to choose a few of my own service providers and it really helps because sometimes actually it's hard to choose between different companies anyway. So if there's something like this that can swing it for you and the price isn't too much of an issue, then it's really worth doing. I also, in a fairly recent episode of Letters from a Hopeful Creative, I heard Sarah Tasker talking about how she sometimes chooses to work with service providers who are newer and who have fewer testimonials because she knows that if she gives them a testimonial it can really make a difference to their business and I really love that tip and it's something to think about Um, when we do work with contractors and freelancers or team members I think it's just important to be nice to them being nice can include things like just being easy to work with you know like getting this whatever they need within a good frame of time or giving them constructive feedback and so on it can also mean helping them in any way that you can Um, for example I hired lots of freelance writers for my business and I give them any kind of business advice whenever they ask for it I also make it I I make a point of being really accepting of their prices. So if they want to raise their price, I'm not going to argue with them. I know that their value is more than what they're charging to me. So I accept their prices and I just try to be nice to them and treat them like decent humans because they are. I also think it's really important when we're working on projects and things like podcasts where we interview different people to just be diverse in who we ask. Go out of your way to find new people, new voices, new opinions. And honestly... I genuinely believe that your work will be more interesting if you do. I think it's true of my podcast and it's true of other podcasts I listen to. When you hear the same old people being interviewed, it's not as interesting. So yeah, go out of your way to find new people. And this applies even if you don't have a podcast, just in who you follow and the opinions you hear and the kind of lives you see. I think it's important to, if you feel like unfollowing someone because they trigger you, I think it's important to ask yourself why. Sometimes it's fine to unfollow and it's actually important to unfollow if you're protecting your own sort of mental health. But sometimes if it's just because they live a kind of different life to us or they have different opinions, I think it's worth asking yourself whether it's worth opening up your mind a bit more and learning something new. And honestly, I love following different people now. I really make a point of trying to learn something new and I get so much value out of it so I really recommend that. On the topic of your kind of wider community and who you follow and who follows you 
a few months ago now, I started a new hashtag on Instagram called Online Acts of Kindness. And the idea behind it was just small things that we can do to help people in our community. And I think many of us will be familiar with the hashtag community over competition. And I think that's so, so important. It's such an important attitude to have. I mean, when I first started my business, I used to see everyone as competition. And I used to, well, if I'm honest, I used to be jealous. I used to be judgy. But when I started working more with people and supporting more people, I realized that it just helps everyone. So I really recommend you spotlight other people when you can, share their work, give people the benefit of the doubt, use people's affiliate links if they recommended a product or service and you want to sign up based on their recommendation, ask them for their affiliate link, um, review their podcast, give them testimonials for products and services. Tell people when you enjoy their content because often we watch silently and don't say anything and don't say how much it matters to us and do the same to our audience show them how much we appreciate them and basically just value the people who follow us and the people we follow value them as real humans and not just numbers on the internet the next thing I want to say is to be of service to your customers I don't think that we can it's just not possible to take responsibility for all of our customers results and nor should we But I do believe in doing everything you can to make the experience of working with you or shopping with you a positive one. I think it's really important to honour their wishes if they want to opt out of certain emails and to listen to their complaints. And of course, if you get defensive in response to a complaint, it could mean that what they're complaining about isn't fair. But also sometimes when you get uncomfortable, maybe it's a chance to dig deeper and maybe you're getting called in on something and maybe it's a chance to improve the way you're doing things. But yeah, I feel like if we sell products or services, we should be of service to our customers and aim for them to have success with whatever they're buying for us and just treat them as real individual people. So I asked for people's recommendations of making an everyday difference on Instagram. So I'm going to share a few with you like throughout this uh, solo episode. And the first one is from Abby, who is at underscore the family collective on Instagram. And she said, be honest with your words if you can. It usually matters to someone that can make a real difference. You know, just talking about real life, just talking about struggles, just talking about the things that perhaps aren't always obvious on the social media highlight reel, they can make a difference. And honestly, it's been my experience with this podcast that being honest about things, talking about our struggles, talking about our fears, it's really clear that a lot of people have the same fears, but it's when we don't talk about them that we start to kind of feel ashamed about them and think that we're the only ones. So I just think that's so important. I also think it's important to consider our values, like be really intentional. What are your values? And I actually have uh, a free worksheet to help you figure out your core business values and to help you figure out how they actually come into play in your business. Um, For me, they have really helped shape my business. They always, I mean, it's a constant thing. It's not like, oh, I have my values and I've set up my business around them and that's done. Like it's always something to be working on. And you can get that if you go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter. You can sign up to my newsletter and you'll get that free. But yeah, talking about our, our ideals and talking about our values, it empowers us. And because sometimes you can feel like a bit of an idiot, to be honest. And I feel like a bit of an idiot talking about running a values-based business, talking about being idealistic, talking about wanting to make a difference. You know, it makes you feel like a bit of a knob, to be honest. But the more we talk about it, the more we realize we share these kind of ideals in common with other people and the more it actually empowers us to take ideals and put them into something that is really a concrete practical thing. 
And actually, that's what my whole Everyday Difference project has really helped me to see, like the power in owning the small everyday differences that we're all making. So, yeah, I really recommend you read the previous um, submissions for that because it is really empowering when it comes to sort of owning the way in which you want to make a difference, even when you probably think you're not doing enough. Something else that someone mentioned, uh, Katie, who is at Katie Morwenna, she mentioned that supporting other creatives is another way to make a difference. She says, it doesn't need to be a lot, but giving someone whose free stuff you love £3 a month via Patreon is a small but real way to say, I really like what you do. And yes, I love that. I love that. And I think it's important to pay people when you can. So if they have a Patreon and you've been a fan of their content or if it's helped you, then yes, sign up to their Patreon. I mean, there are other ways to support them financially as well. Some people have donation pages. Some people might like sell an ebook. And even if that ebook isn't specifically what you want to buy, you might just buy it because you want to show them that you support them for all the other work they've put out there for free. And it's important to remember that people don't have to do this stuff for free. And obviously, it's not exactly free when people are doing podcasts like this one, for example, that kind of ties into my business. But that doesn't mean it doesn't take a lot of work. And it doesn't mean that, you know, even just a comment or a review or a message to say that you enjoyed it, that means a lot as well and goes a long way towards supporting someone. The other thing I wanted to say was just like normalising things, like acknowledging our privileges when we can, being inclusive with our language, you know, um, using people's preferred pronouns. Small things like that can make a big difference to helping people feel seen and understood. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is showing up as yourself. And this is something I talked about with Nicola Ray Wickham a couple of episodes ago. She said that showing up as herself is a form of activism for her because as a black woman, she didn't see people like her doing things that she wanted to do as she was growing up. And I just thought that was such a powerful thing for her to say. And sometimes just showing up as yourself is enough to help make a change for the future, to, you know, change the way we do things in society. And here's an example from my life. I talk about being an introvert, business owner, and I also talk about being a breadwinning woman who is also a mother of a small child. And honestly, that doesn't feel world-changing. It's not world-changing in the traditional sense of that phrase, but we need people to talk about it. If we want society to change, if we want it to be more normal and less judgment on women who choose to work or are the breadwinners of their family. So yeah, it feels weird for me to say that, but I do think that's making a difference. And on the flip side, you don't have to share anything you don't want to. No one is forcing you to share things that you're not comfortable with yet. So don't feel the pressure, but I just wanted to mention that. Okay, so now we get into quite a meaty topic of making a difference with the way we market our businesses and sell things. I believe that it is possible to market your business in a compassionate, feminist and intersectional way that does not put shame on any people, does not put unnecessary pressure on people and that really keeps your values at the heart of everything. Um, A lot of what I've learned about this has come from Kelly Deals. She's a feminist marketing consultant and she is just brilliant. So I recommend you follow her and read her stuff if you want to read more about this. Um, One of my favourite quotes by hers is, we are the culture makers. What she means by this is if we use our platforms and if we use our businesses to talk about things that matter to us, to do things in a different way, And if more and more of us do this, if more and more of us see other people doing it, if we talk about it, if we share it, if we do it ourselves, these small actions can lead to actually changing the culture and the way we do things in society. Because to be honest, the way we market things now is just the way it's always been done. You know, people use certain psychological marketing tactics because it's just the way it's always been done and it works. But if we can figure out new ways to do things and we can talk about them and share them and sort of model them, then hopefully 
that can make a change in how everyone does it. So some of the kind of manipulative marketing techniques that people use are things like false scarcity, like, you know, fake deadline uh, countdown timers, um, making claims of magic bullets or secret recipes for success. I believe, and this is something else that I've learned from Kelly Deals, that it's really important to start with common values and not by shaming people into not feeling good enough and selling to them because you've made them feel desperate. There is a free PDF that goes into loads of manipulative sales techniques to help you learn why they're wrong and how to recognize them. And the truth is, some of these techniques are used deliberately harmfully, and some of them are just the way we always do things. So don't be worried if you have used some of these techniques because I actually have used some of them and obviously the intention behind it is different. But yeah, it's just because it's sort of the norm and the way things are always done. So don't worry if you do do some of them, but it really helps to read that PDF. I can't remember if I already mentioned it. It's called The Heart of Business, Don't Buy Now and it's totally free and it's really useful. I also think it's really important to be honest about what you're doing. So for example, if you're collecting email addresses for your newsletter, don't be afraid to say that you are going to send promotional emails from time to time. I mean, this is what the whole GDPR thing has been about anyway. You just need to be transparent with what you're doing. Make sure that people consent to things. Make sure they consent to opting into your emails. Make sure they consent to things like you sharing screenshots of direct messages on Instagram. It really makes me uncomfortable when people share messages that they haven't asked your permission to do. Um... Always ask if you want to use something as a testimonial and make sure you have people's explicit consent. I also think it's important just to be transparent. Don't try to hide things. Just give people all the information they need to make an informed decision. And actually, that makes me feel better about selling. If I know that it's coming from an empowered place, people are empowered because they have all the information that they need and you're not hiding anything, then it makes me feel better about selling. I also think even if you're running a business, it's okay to talk about what matters to you and it's okay to be political, but it's not necessary either because it really does depend on what your business is and the truth of the matter is and I'm going to talk more about this later in this episode you need to protect your income and your livelihood and you can't necessarily be political all the time it totally depends on what your business is but if you have the power in which to do so and the platform in which to do so then I would encourage you to do it and don't be afraid to turn people off because remember that sometimes turning people off is actually a really good way to create a more sort of loyal base of customers than trying to appeal to everyone. I also really recommend you read the book Company of One. I go on about this book all the time. It's by Paul Jarvis, but it's so good. It's so good. It argues against growth for growth's sake and makes space for a kinder way of doing business, one that's kinder to yourself, your customers and your audience. So I really recommend that. It's Company of One. It'll really make you think about sort of what I just said, the established way of doing things, you know, our quest for continual growth. It'll help you sort of pause and think twice before you do things just because you think you should. Okay, next, I want to talk about making our work more accessible. And this is something I've really been trying to do recently. So, for example, you can make a percentage of your work free. You can give away scholarships. You can make pay what you can spaces. You can set a really clear boundary on this so that you make sure your work is profitable before giving away stuff for free because your work does have to be profitable. If your work isn't profitable, then you're not going to be able to sustain the free work that you do. So ultimately, making sure that you're getting paid, you're meeting your income goals first will allow you to help more people in the long run. I recently offered some pay what you can spaces to my most recent course, Cultivate, uh, my email marketing course, and people were so grateful for that. And it just reinforced why I feel like it's so important to offer that. 
Sarah, who is at Sarah J. Robertson on Instagram, said that she, and she runs a design studio, she said that she volunteers for charities and organisations that need her services. And I think that that's such a lovely thing to do, to use your expertise in a kind of charitable space. I just think if you have the time and if you have enough profit from the rest of your business, then that's such a great way to use your skills to help other people. Ultimately, you could have something like a non-profit arm of your profit-making business. For example, you might run courses, but then have like a free academy that helps people from certain backgrounds or in certain positions to access what you do. Um, Again, you could give free training to charities or free services to charities. Something I did in the past was I did do marketing support for a nonprofit, but it wasn't the right one for me. And actually, that's an important point. You need to find something that lights you up and where your work is valued. Ultimately, it didn't work out for me. So yeah, you also have to learn to say no when it's not the right opportunity. Another thing you can do is contribute a portion of your revenue to a charity. You can start this even when your profits are quite low. So I always thought I'd love to donate more money to charity as part of my business. And then I kind of thought to myself, well, why wait? Why not just donate a really small amount now? And so I've been donating for a few years and I use um, the website The Life You Can Save It's all about finding effective charities, you know, charities that use the money in the most cost effective way and that make the most impact from what you donate. And actually, the premise behind the life you can save is that everyone should be donating a portion of their income. Um, It's it's been created by um, a philosopher, Peter Singer, and I just I love his philosophy about it. So, for example, you could donate 5% of all your course and ebook sales to charity or, or your profits. And that's what I'm doing at the moment. And like I said, I use the life you can save to find charities that make the most impact with the money that you give them. I also think it's just really useful to be inspired by other people. I mean, like I said a little bit ago in this episode, talking about your ideals and your values just helps empower other people to own their own values. But also, if you actually get on calls with people, if you talk to coaches, mentors, co-mentors, co-workers, whatever, just talk this stuff out. Think about what matters to you. What do you want to do more of? Where do you think you're not doing enough? Brainstorm ways with them to help to help you help more people while still keeping your business sustainable for you. And the last big point I want to talk about is the climate crisis. I mean, where do I begin? The climate emergency is just, it's the issue of our times and it's scary and it's hard to think that what you can do can make any difference. But the truth is it ties into so many other issues. It ties into you know, poverty, white supremacy, it ties into health, it ties into everything. And there are lots of things that we all know we can do in our home, especially if we work from home, you know, eco-friendly light bulbs, choosing an ethical electricity provider, print less and so on. But I I really want to emphasize some ways in which you can make a big difference in ways that you might not have thought of. So for example, I want you to think about who you are banking with, because banks invest in things like fossil fuels, or they aren't transparent about where they invest your money. Banks actually hold a lot of power. They control a lot of money. And even if you don't earn a lot of money through your business, you know, making these decisions on who to bank with can be a really big way to make a difference to the environment. And if you go to the website ethicalconsumer.org, it's so useful for evaluating all kinds of services like banking, transport, I don't know, everything, technology, things that you buy, shops that you buy from, everything. It's brilliant. The top rated banks in terms of their ethics are Triodos. I don't know if I'm saying that right. 
Um, you can, whether you have a business account or a personal account, you can look at this and figure out where best to do your banking. So for example, my personal account is with Co-op, which is okay. It's not the top rated, but it's okay. But my business account is currently with Lloyd's. I'm just going to be honest about that. And I'm going to change it because Lloyd's is really almost right at the bottom, as are all the big name bank accounts that you might expect. NatWest, HSBC, Barclays, they're all right at the bottom. So you know, it'll take a little bit of work for me to switch over. But when I do, I know that all the money held in my bank is not going to go towards climate change, funding climate change. So yeah, that's important. And there are other service providers to think about as well. So things like our website hosts, you know, all the data in the cloud and all the energy it takes to keep our website online, you know, that all makes a difference to our carbon footprint as a business, as a person. So there are green hosting companies. And again, this is something that I currently don't do. I use WP Engine for my hosting and I also use InMotion and I have no idea what where they stand in terms of the environment, but I'm going to be looking this up and I'm going to be changing. Um, obviously, sometimes if you choose a green hosting provider or, you know, a better bank or whatever, it might cost you more in fees and it's okay if you can't afford that and you can't do it yet. So when you can, do it when you can, but also don't assume that they're going to cost more. Do a little bit of research because they don't always cost more. And you know what, even simple things we do in our business, like where we store our files in the cloud, which email service provider we use and so on, that all matters. And again, on ethicalconsumer.org, you can you can see email service providers ranked and things like Gmail, Hotmail, Outlook, they're all fairly low. There's a company called GreenNet Email, Rise Up Email. I don't know anything about these companies, but they've all got like really good scores on ethical consumer. So yeah, please go to that website and find businesses that support the environment and support causes that matter to you. Joe, who is at Firain underscore shop says, I reuse packaging as much as possible. My customers love it. I love this comment because it just goes to show that sometimes reusing the packaging, being eco-friendly and not, you know, using pretty new packaging all the time, although I'm not saying that her packages aren't pretty, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying is it, it can be a hit with your customers. And that just kind of goes back to being honest about your values and other people getting behind your values and it actually benefiting your business. So I love that. And of course, we can choose which companies we work with. We can choose things in the supply chain of physical products we make, all of that kind of stuff. And if you want some motivation about the climate crisis, then I've just read Greta Thunberg's book, No One Is Too Small To Make A Difference. And the truth is that it is a crisis and we need to do stuff. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the small ways in which we are doing things to help the environment. Let's do things like changing who we're banking with, things that actually don't take much effort. But let's not beat ourselves up over some of the small things that are harder to do. Let's use our platforms to keep talking about the climate emergency and to hopefully make it so common to talk about that politicians will start considering it to be something that is an issue for absolutely everyone. And the last thing I want to say is that in amongst all of this and all the changes we can make in our business, we need to protect ourselves. We need to protect our income. We need to get to a financially sustainable point in our business before we can do some of this stuff, like working for people for free. If you are struggling for money, then don't give your work away for free. You need to be sustainable in order to make the biggest impact. So some things you can start right now, but some things are just going to have to wait until you have the money that you need in order to give yourself the time and freedom to do it. Don't feel guilty about what you charge. You know the reasons behind it and you need to charge enough money to make your business financially sustainable, to give you the time to do what matters to you and to protect your physical and mental health. 
don't beat yourself up over not making enough difference and do have boundaries about how you make a difference. So for example, you could have one day a month where you offer help for people for free and all the other days you do your paid week. It helps to make it really clear and less stressful when people are inquiring about getting something for free and so on. I also want to talk about the golden rule. This is something, it's a philosophical maxim, an ethical maxim. Um, basically it goes do as you would be done by and I think that this is really useful when you're considering how to market your business and how to sell what you do if you don't like someone else doing something even if it's not necessarily unethical but it just doesn't feel good or you feel a bit you know you feel a bit duped or you feel it's unfair then don't do it always make a mental note or even a physical note of when things don't feel good and don't do it I also think It's really important to play to your personal strengths and do what you love. So, for example, we talked earlier about Sarah, who runs a design studio, literally donating her design services to charities. And I think that's brilliant. Like, you wouldn't probably not think of doing design as something that makes a difference in the world. But the design is an important part of the way the charities market themselves and get the money that they need to do their work. So it just goes to show that by playing to your own strengths and doing the work you love, you can still make a difference. I also think that doing work you love and that brings you freedom is so important. It is not selfish. Just imagine if everyone did what mattered to them. If everyone did what lit them up, how much happier they would be and how much more able they would be to put their energies into all the amazing causes. And on that note, I also don't think that we should feel guilty about wanting to make money, especially if we want to use it to make a difference. And I just want to end by saying that I think it's so important to share what you do, to charge what you need to and what you're worth, to believe that your work matters and to not be afraid to sell what you do in a nice way. Because everything I have talked about in this episode, how to make a difference as a business owner, as an online creative, it all comes down to being sustainable and, you know, filling up your own cup before you help other people. And yeah, let me know your thoughts. That is it. I mean, obviously, there's so much else I could have said, but I hope that you've got some ideas from this episode. And I'm going to include a few links in the show notes because I knew I know I mentioned a few different things. So yeah, what do you think? Come and talk to me on Instagram at Ruth Poundwhite, or like I said, join the Everyday Difference Facebook group and make sure you go to the everydaydifference.com because if you read some of the essays and contributions that have been part of this project, and you can catch up on all of them, Uh, you'll get a link to catch up as soon as you sign up. If you read them all, I find it so empowering to hear about all the different ways everyone is making a difference and we all have a unique contribution to make. So yeah, I hope you found this episode helpful. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. If you have a moment, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast. It really does make a difference. And if you'd like to carry on the conversation or ask a question for a future Q&A episode, there are three ways to connect with me. On the Facebook group, on Instagram, at Ruth Poundwhite, or my personal favourite, my behind-the-scenes newsletter. Just go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter to subscribe. And keep doing what you're doing, because your work really does matter.